Hey there, welcome. Hope your New Year's was fantastic. I'm sending loads of good vibes your way for the new year ahead. Now let's all hope and pray that these cases finally get the attention they deserve this year. And you know what? I am such a big believer in staying positive. I'm truly going to believe justice will be served. Alright, if you haven't checked out the first two episodes yet, I recommend giving those a listen before diving into this final one in the series. Because I'm going to give us a quick rundown what we've covered up to this point, and because this rest of this episode is jam-packed, we'll get information. Okay, in our previous episodes, we uncovered the confusing details surrounding Barb's frame's sudden disappearance. Episode 1 explained Barb's escape from her abusive husband and how that left a devastating mark on her family. Now, as we dove into Barb's vanishing, we told you about her responsible nature and yet that odd discovery of her abandoned belongings. Remember those clues? Remember what she left behind? Now, in the second episode, things took a turn. Ten years after Barb's disappearance, over 35 psychics joined in to search for her. Some claimed they knew what happened, and one even drew a detailed picture. It was of a house that somehow is connected. Now, we have that on our Facebook group, that picture. Now, some of the psychics said they had secret information, which, whatever it was, it sure piqued the investigator's interest. But I guess it ended up making more questions without answers. We learned about Barb's past and what her family went through after she disappeared. Her kids were put in foster care at first. Remember that? Then they were separated when both fathers were granted custody. Now, Barb's brother, Dave Gibson, he tirelessly, I mean, that man never stopped trying to find out what happened to his sister. In Kathy Huber, that's Barb's daughter, she shared her heartbreaking story about what their family went through. And it's become crystal clear and, frankly, quite chilling, seeing the tough reality of Barb's life and the intense heartbreak her family went through. So keep that in mind as we wrap up this series on Barb's disappearance, because we're going to tackle some critical topics. One, we're going to start out talking about intimate partner abuse slash domestic violence. Um, we're going to talk and touch on some self-care in the face of trauma and abuse. We'll also discuss advocacy and how Barb's story could potentially lead a helping hand to help others maybe going through some tough times. So those are triggers maybe for some people out there. And I want you to be aware, please, practice self-care. Okay, let's start out. We're on our understanding intimate partner violence. Intimate partner violence isn't just something new, okay? It's bone-showing reality. It's that toxic storm brewing within relationships that's usually tucked away behind closed doors. You've got those echoes of arguments, doors slamming, and those silent bruises tucked under long sleeves. But there's more to it than just meets the eye because there's also sexual, psychological, and even financial abuse, and that can be just as devastating. And you can't see those with your eyes, but that's just as hurtful. Now, the terms domestic violence and intimate partner violence, I'm going to refer to these going forward as DV and IPV. And these are often interchangeable use, but they have slightly different meanings. Domestic violence isn't solely about couples having fights. It's a way bigger deal. 
It covers all kinds of abuse or violence within families or among people living together, whether they're married or not. It's not just about like romantic partners. It can involve parents, siblings, aunts and uncles. It's a whole tangled web that goes way beyond just couples. But now, IPV, intimate partner violence, it's more about abusive behavior within relationships like spouses, dating, people living together. That intimate word kind of gives you a hint right there. Now, guys, I found out that the Ohio Department of Health calls these a serious and preventable public health problem. A public health issue. That's you and that's me. We're the public. It's our problem. The thing about both of these is they, they do follow a serious pattern. It's not just about arguments or fights here and there. That's not what we're talking about. This is a whole cycle, and it sticks, kicks off sometimes with just words, but then it starts spiraling into emotional manipulation, financial control, and isolation, and tragically, it does escalate to murder in some cases. Now, all of this, it's seriously dangerous. It's like this evil that sneaks into every part of your life. Imagine being chained to your abuser, not just physically, but mentally, always feeling scared and uncertain. It's this cloud that messes with your head, making you feel alone, cutting you off from the people that could help. It's all about controlling you, taking away your power and freedom. Honestly, it's like losing who you are, your identity. Now link all of that to missing and murdered cold cases, and you can see how it seems the connection's obvious. You know, I remember when Barb Frame went missing. I remember. Do you guys remember? Any of you remember when that happened? I had just had my first child that same month. My son had been born on the 2nd. And Barb went missing January 30th in 1985. And I remember thinking about her poor children. I remember sitting holding my baby, my infant, and thinking about that young mother. How she must feel if she was being held against her will. You know, she was away being held. Oh, just terrible. And you know, sometimes... Behind these unsolved cases that we have here, there's this whole backstory of someone stuck in an abusive relationship, and they disappear without a trace. All that's left is this eerie quiet and a ton of unanswered questions, just like Barb's case. Now, in this last episode, Kathy, Barb's daughter, she bravely stepped up to talk about the tough abuse. And she's helping to shine a light on DB and IPV by telling her story. Her hope is people listening and wanting to break free from an abusive relationship, they get the help and support and guidance they need. Because that's really staggering to see for yourself the numbers and the stats in front of you. And then think about Barb's case. Because she falls straight in line with so many boxes that can be checked off like that. Hey, Kathy's a big part of her Facebook group. You should swing by, meet her, and share some love and support. So it's super important, guys, to make that link between DV and IPV and cases where people go missing. We all need to understand the signs, and who knows, stepping up could stop maybe some tragedies. IPV and DV comes with red flags. There are signs that indicate someone might be in an abusive relationship. Because it usually just doesn't happen overnight, right? But if you're like me, either you're seeing the red flags, but you see them as normal behavior, or you're going to change that person with your love. Your love is so strong, you're going to love the pieces back together. And I'm not being sarcastic, seriously. I'm not. I've been there. 
thought I could too. But unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. We'll have the warning signs and we'll go more detail on that in our Facebook group. But, you know, who knows? Maybe someone can spot an abuser or also can tell if a loved one might be a victim of abuse. And, hey, if you've got a hunch someone you might know could be going through something like this, let's get real and straight up honest here, okay? Because I genuinely care about y'all. It's crucial to approach this person with empathy and support. Please let them know you're there to help, not to judge. That is seriously a big deal. Because most victims, they already feel the weight of harsh judgment. They already know carrying that load of people asking, why don't they just leave? And you know what? I've spoken to some of you who recognize the signs, but just like me, I did in my past. You feel downright foolish sometimes for putting up with it. But then you don't know how to take the steps to get out. It's tough. Your family and your friends might be struggling themselves, you know. They can't lend a hand financially or maybe they can't offer a place to stay. Let's face it, attempting to leave, it's scary. And especially when the kids are involved. I mean, you're risking a serious beating if the abuser catches up with you. They'll throw threats around. Not just at you, but at other family members too. Or worse, you could end up missing or murdered. It's a terrifying situation. You know... We don't talk about it much, but guys can totally be victims of domestic violence, too. Like, they can go through all sorts of abuse, physical, emotional, or mental. But the thing is, sometimes there's this idea that guys can't be on the receiving end. So when they do try to open up, they might face doubts, like, yeah, right, sure. Or, you know, even shut down. It's tough for them to speak out. Because we have, society puts expectations on they have to be tough, they have to be strong. But the truth is, anyone, no matter their gender, can go through this stuff. And making sure that there's resources supported geared specifically to that, like guys were talking about, it's super important to tackle this issue. And let them know it's okay to seek help. We'll have stats about that and more details on our Facebook group. Saying so, we have good resources right here in our community. It's so different from when Barb was facing back in 1985. There were very limited resources, limited funds, and spaces to say were far and few between. We all know that nurses aren't the only heroes out there, because I think people who work with individuals and families like this, they're just angels walking on earth. Now, we have a local organization called Transitions, and it's dedicated to help support victims of domestic violence and IPV. They offer trauma-informed direct services for victims in our community. And of course, and of course, we have all their information and how you can contact them on our Facebook group. Ever wondered what's going on in the mind of someone who abuses their partner? Well, we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we'll talk about that. Okay, we were asking about what's happening in the mind of an abuser. Well, it's a mix of twisted beliefs and a need for control that's just totally mind-blowing. The abusers often feel the need to dominate and control their partner. It's like they have this worst sense of entitlement. They really believe they have the right to rule the relationship. They play mind games, manipulate, and they make their partner doubt themselves, all to keep that control intact. 
and jealousy and possessiveness runs high. And it turns her partner's life into constant battle for freedom, like the human right to be free and happy. Understanding the thoughts of an abuser helps to spot the warning signs early, okay? By getting to the root of this behavior and offering the support, maybe we can stop the cycle. I recently reached out to an organization here in town called Forever Dads. Uh, we had asked them for an interview, and it's currently in the works. So stay tuned for that upcoming conversation. When someone goes through abuse or has a loved one who's missing, we can only imagine how it really messes with their feelings and thoughts. I mean, it's a really deep personal trauma. And children are especially affected. and They need more love and guidance and one-on-one healing time. But the important thing is talk. Talk to someone and get help if you're feeling really upset. Because it's really okay to ask for help when things are hard. Been there, done that. I've been through the ringer with abuse in my life. And let me tell you, it often comes with a whole bag of other mental health challenges. You know, it's the beginning of the year 2024. We absolutely need to start normalizing taking care of our mental health as we do our physical health. I mean, break the stigma of embarrassment and shame. Screw all that. I enjoy being healthy, and that means mind, body, and soul. Okay, let's move on to explain what you can do to help make a change without hardly spending a dime. The only requirement is a big heart. At Death, Lies, and Alibis, we inform and educate and advocate for justice. But what exactly is it meant by advocating for justice? Advocating for justice is about fighting for fairness and truth. And in our group, it's standing up for people who disappeared or been a victim of murder, and making sure their stories are heard and not forgotten. In cases like Barb's, it means pushing for answers, urging officials just to dig deeper, and keeping the search for truth alive. And it's not easy. Guys, advocating isn't for the weak. Time can make things harder, and the legal system can be very complicated, but But justice advocacy means never giving up, getting the community involved, and telling everyone that these cases matter. There are several good organizations that I'll endorse. I've researched them, and I found them very reputable, like Uncovered, another is Cold Case Project. I'll have a list of those posted on our Facebook group. And if you're not already a member, come over and join the conversations we have over there. Now, these groups and organizations that I'm going to list, they're real game changers in bringing attention to these cases because they like sharing vital information. They lend support and help locating missing people, and they give families some closure sometimes. They're often on the lookout also for volunteers and donations. So if it sounds like something you're interested in, they definitely appreciate the help. Now, folks, do you honestly know what to do? If a loved one went missing, like one day you wake up, suddenly your loved one is gone, just disappeared. I mean, that's exactly what happened in Barb's case. Well, now what do you do? Of course, you call the police. But then what happens? What's your responsibilities? And more importantly, what's your rights? Well, if someone has a loved one go missing in Ohio, here are some steps that you can take. Of course, the first thing, yes, report it to law enforcement, contact the police immediately, file a missing report, missing persons report, get a copy. I repeat, get a copy of that report. Now listen to this. Listen up. 
there is no waiting period to report a missing person. So there's no 24 hours, you know, like that. You don't have to wait like that. But police don't have to do anything without report because it's not illegal to go missing as an adult. I know BS, right? But file the report anyways, boom, you're done. And now, of course, children are different. Provide as many details as you can, description-wise, last location, you know, pictures. Stay involved with the law enforcement because it's absolutely okay to be a pain in the butt. It's your loved one, and that's their job. Seek help from those advocacy groups we've been talking about. Reach out to them. They provide guidance, resources, and also emotional support throughout the process. And this one, I want you to listen up, legal assistance. You might think about that because you might have to do things like accessing personal information, handling the personal affairs of this person, uh, dealing with any legal complications. So that is something definitely to think about. Gather support from your friends and family in the community. And, of course, utilize social media, the social networks. We had a couple of young youngins around here that took off in a car and ran away. And I'm telling you, it was like wildfire through social media around here. I was so impressed and so happy and proud to see how many people were that was posting and sharing about those. And they were found, thank goodness, they were found safe. And we're doing our part, too. You've got to check out this incredible resource from our pals at Crime Junkie. They've got this PDF called If I Go Missing that you can download and print. It's a super detailed form packed with information about your loved ones, like their hangouts, their friends. It's the works. If someone goes missing, this form is a goldmine for filling out missing person reports because it saves loads of time. I mean, especially your mind's all over the place when this is happening. And this is such a great resource. You can find it on our Facebook group. It's in the file section. Again, it's called If I Go Missing. Now, it's hefty. It's about 50 pages plus. But it's totally worth the ink and paper because the info is its just a goldmine. Now, another gem that we have, it's from a group called Uncovered. Remember, I mentioned them earlier. Now, they have a a download that's a PDF called Citizen Detective, and that's perfect for those wanting to dig into their own research on murdered and missing person cases. This is a cool guide. It's loaded with crucial information, useful links, and resources that does help you with your own investigation. You'll find this one in our Facebook group, too, where the files section is. And you know what? We're all in this together, aren't we? When we educate ourselves and others, lend support, and arm victims with resources like those PDS we were talking about, we can generally make an impact. It's all about pushing for healthy relationships and stepping up once we sense something's just not right. Getting justice for those unsolved cases, well, it begins with raising awareness right here where we live. We'll have a bunch of those ways listed on our Facebook group on how you can help advocate for cold cases, even if you're limited on time and funds. Even the smallest steps can have a huge impact on bringing justice and closure to these cases. Come on, it's time to take action. Let's spread the world. Build a community that's supportive and rally for change. Okay, as we wrap this up, just remember, your voice matters in making a difference. So, folks, what do you think about this case? 
This is our last episode about Barb. In the last case on Ashley Johnson, remember Kylie Lindell's story that we featured? It took us down so many rabbit holes, but not Barb's case. There's literally one person of interest. The person who was abusive to her, the person who was last known to be with her, the person who had means, motive, opportunity, and the person who allegedly threatened her numerous times to end her life. And that person is her ex. Let's dig into this case together, okay? But remember this, all of our persons of interest are just that, persons of interest. They're innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. And we are not professionals. Please do your own research. I give you the tools. Do your research. Come over to the Facebook group. Let's talk about it. What I give you is all public information. And this is just my unprofessional opinions. But let's dig into this case together. What's your thoughts? Do you have any information to share? Do you have any questions? Come on, don't hold back. It's so important. Let's remember, this was an incredible young woman. A fantastic friend. And a woman who was devoted to her friends and family and kids. She made a real impact in her community. Her life absolutely counted. She was just that average American woman. And I say that with all due respect. But I mean like no drugs, no trouble with the law. Just a regular person living her life. A woman tired of being beaten and was moving on. Those are personal details that I have to share because they really matter about telling her story. All right, folks, that's it for this episode of Death, Lies, and Alibis. We hope that by shining a light on these local cold crimes, we spark something within you, our listeners. Because the truth is, solving these cases will take more than just our words. It's going to require the dedication and collected efforts of the entire community. Don't forget to hit the follow button on the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. And to learn more about how to get your case featured on the show or to even get instant access to our case files, reports, plus documents. And we have many free resources. You need to go to our Facebook group at Death, Lies, and Alibis and join today. Or you can email us at deathliesalibis at gmail.com. As always, be safe, stay alert, and never stop seeking justice. Oh, 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 oh,